0: Hey, everybody, welcome to The Conscious Love Show. Whether you are single, you are in a relationship, or you're healing a broken heart, this show is here to inspire you, to remind you how beautiful, lovable, and amazing you truly are, and to give you the practical tools and insights to navigate from wherever you are right now to the loving relationship that you so deeply want to have. My name is Shane Kohler. I'm a certified transformational coach and trainer with over a decade experience helping people release their trauma and open their hearts to love. I've delivered seminars all over the world, coached thousands of people through my online platforms and programs, and every week I'm coming straight to you with the hottest insights and the best teachers around, bringing you powerful resources and profound conversations to heal your relationship with love, dating, and yourself. I'm so grateful you're here, and if it's your first time, welcome. You can count on me to always show up for you with my very best and a commitment to learn and grow myself so I can serve you to my maximum ability. Thanks so much for tuning into the show. I've got some awesome things planned for you today. So without further ado, let's dive in. Okay, welcome back, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Conscious Love Show. Shane Kohler here. Pleasure to be back with you this week. And in today's episode, I want to speak about abundance. Um, I was just sharing a little bit that we've had a lot of questions come up um, in my Inspired Love community around abundance. Um, And, you know, not always asking about abundance, but I think there's a there's a theme underneath a lot of the questioning and a lot of the, the challenge that uh, so many of us are working through that, that is really related to abundance. And so I thought like really just doing a session today, speaking into like literally what is abundance? How do we create it? Where does it come from? And like, and most of us, when we think about abundance, we think about money. And I'd say that is actually one of the biggest misconceptions about abundance is that it has anything to do with money. Like money is one form of abundance, right? Uh, But abundance can come in so many forms. Abundance can be love. It can be creativity. It can be an idea that sparks an action that leads to an experience. Like, I, I mean, abundance can come in so many forms, but abundance more than anything is an energy. And it's a way of identifying yourself in that all things are contained within you. You know, this This life is a really interesting thing because in, in this life, we experience a degree of deprivation or a degree of limitation. And in, in fact, I, I personally, like my personal understanding of what this life is, is that like we come here to experience limitation, right? Like if you think of what we must be in our spiritual nature, and I know different people may have different beliefs about what that is, but no matter whether your whatever your belief system is, like if you think about who we must be in our spiritual nature, there's an unlimitedness to that. There's an infiniteness to that. There's there's just an uh, like an ongoing, eternal, unlimited, like infinite nature to spirituality right? And then human life is the opposite, right? Our human life is defined by limitations. We have birth and death and then uh, time in between. And like even birth and death are limitations, right? Birth and death are limitations that define our human life. And so in this life, we are swimming in limitation, right? We are swimming in the fact that it is not infinite. It is not eternal. It doesn't last forever. There are finite amounts of time and money and resources and everything else. And so the, what our human journey is really about, at least in, in the way I understand it, is it's about merging the unlimitedness of our spiritual nature with the limitations of our human life. right? It's, it's about bringing the unlimited to the limited and redefining our limitations. So when we talk about abundance, we talk about money. And again, money is not abundance. Money money is just one form of abundance. But one opportunity we have in this human life is to experience limitation around money and then transcend that limitation and suddenly have more than enough money. Right. And, and that is one example of one way that we bring our unlimited spiritual nature to the limited nature of our lives. Right. Like I remember a time in my life when like literally I didn't know if I was going to be able to pay my rent. Like that was a reality for me. Right. It was just like uh, like month to month I would like have to hustle up my rent. And like I, I was always living in the anxiety of like, am I going to pay my rent? Am I going to run out of money? Am I going to have enough? Like I, I was I was living in a consistent context of not enough and and that defined my life every aspect of my life was defined by this feeling of scarcity of lack of not enough today i live in a reality where i don't worry about paying my rent or paying my house bill right like that's not my reality today and that doesn't mean i don't have financial challenges it doesn't mean money isn't tight sometimes it doesn't mean there aren't fluctuations and ups and downs like there are, especially with my business there are all kinds of ups and downs but Day to day, I do not live in a fear around like, am I going to have enough? And that is an example of how we can bring our unlimited spiritual nature to the limitations of our life. And we can transcend that limitation, right? So we can, we can actually shift our experience of life from one of lack to one of abundance. We can do that with money. We can do that with love. We can do that with time. We can do that with passion. We can do that with adventure. We can do that with experience. We can do it with friendship. We can do it with connection. We can do it with hobbies and interests. We can do it with literally anything in our lives, literally anything in our lives, anything that you're experiencing limitation around. You have the opportunity to transform that limitation into abundance. And not only do you have the opportunity to do that, But it is probably the most important thing that you will ever do in your entire life. And I'm going to share a story about why I say that's the most important thing you'll ever do in your entire life. Now, I recently started coaching this couple, beautiful couple. I mean, amazing, like really, really good people. Like when you meet really good people, like, you know, really good people, like these are really good people. They love each other. They have three kids. They love their kids, triplets, actually. They have three kids. They love their kids. They love each other. They have a great family. They're kind to each other. They're really supportive. And they have some challenges. And the biggest challenge that I've been able to identify in working with them so far is that the father of this family works 50 plus hours a week. Um, He feels that he has no joy in his life. Right. Just like he he, basically, he feels that he has had to trade in the opportunity to experience joy in his life in order to provide for his family. Right. So he's like, I don't get to be happy. I don't get to have joy. I have to dedicate my whole life to working so that my family can be okay. And now this it's not intentional. But it builds up a kind of resentment or resistance in his marriage with his family because he feels like, I'm giving my whole life to work and work and work and slave away to provide for them. And meanwhile, they just do whatever they want all the time, right? Now, this is how he feels about it. I'm not saying that's what happens, but I'm saying that's how he feels about it, right? Now, the family, the wife, the children, they build up a kind of resistance and resentment to him because they feel like you're not happy. We can't enjoy our life with you. You're, you're always upset or you're always you know, critical. And, and so there's this, there's this contrast that's happening. And what I wanna say is like, nobody is wrong here. Like, this is nobody's fault. Everybody is doing their best. Like he is trying so hard to work and provide for his family and he thinks that he's doing the right thing and like and, and like and everyone else same thing like everyone is working as hard as they can everyone is doing their best and they all think they're doing the right thing but the water that this family is swimming in is scarcity the water that this family is swimming in is lack there's not enough now they have enough money right they 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 live in a nice home and they're able to provide for all their needs and that kind of stuff like like they have enough money But they don't have enough connection. They don't have enough love. They don't have enough time. They don't have enough joy. And the reason they don't have enough of these other things is because they're living in a context in which we have to trade in all of those things for money. And what's really, really sad about this is it doesn't matter how much they love each other. It doesn't matter how much they care about each other. It doesn't matter how much they want each other to be happy. As long as their relationship with abundance continues to be this way, which is more like a relationship with scarcity, as long as their relationship around finances and abundance and money and time and all of this continues to be this way. It's going to create severe rifts in the marriage, severe rifts in the relationships with the children, severe rifts in the family as a whole. Because scarcity is toxic. Like, scarcity is toxic. And we don't don't think that scarcity is toxic because we feel like victims of scarcity, right? Like, I remember when I was... When I was 20 in my in my 20s, early early to mid 20s and I was broke af and I didn't know if I was going to pay my rent. Like I didn't think that was toxic. Like I I was just trying to survive. But you know what I didn't see was like I owed people money and I wasn't paying them back. And that like there was there was a lack of integrity in my relationships because I was living in scarcity. And at the same time, I wanted to have great relationships. I wanted to have a great life. But I couldn't have the amazing relationships and the amazing life that I wanted to have as long as my life was still defined by scarcity, because one does not allow for the other. Love is an abundant experience love is only available to experience in our lives when we live within a context of abundance i know a lot of couples that they make plenty of money but they're always stressed out right so there's there's a scarcity in that like like the, i carry this stress in my life of like, I'm always stressed out. And so like when I get home from work, I can't connect with my partner. I can't like, you know, get into the warm, juicy, yummy snuggles and love and hugs and all of that. Like I can't get into that with my partner because my mind is too stressed out about work or about money or about the things that are happening in my life, whatever that might be. And so I can't relax and be present and be connected in the moment because the scarcity in my life is too strong. You see, some of us experience a lack of money when we're younger, and that's the form of scarcity that we experience in our lives. And then we say, I'm never going to have that again. And then we go on to make a bunch of money. And now we have a bunch of money, but the context of scarcity hasn't really changed. It's just been reappropriated. We've just moved it to somewhere else. There are a lot of people out there that have a lot of money, but can't seem to get a relationship to save their lives. Why? Well, maybe they no longer have scarcity around money. Now they just have scarcity around love. And so when we talk about abundance, there's a a teacher of mine named Bashar. I've probably shared about him on the podcast a few times, but this teacher of mine has made profound impact in my life. And uh, he talks about abundance. He talks about how abundance is the ability to do what you need to do when you need to do it. Now, I want you to just think about that for a moment. If we were to reduce all the narratives in our life, all the stories about, is it going to work out? When is it going to work out? How's it going to work out? Is there going to be enough? Am I going to be left alone? Am I going to be abandoned? oh, on and on and on and on and on, right? If we were to boil all those stories and all those insecurities and all those fears and all those doubts, if we were to boil them all down to do I have the ability to do what I need to do when I need to do it. It's not always what I want to do when I want to do it. You know, I might want to, you know, go sit in the Maldives for three weeks right now, but I got to show up here and work, right? So it's not the ability to do what I want to do when I want to do it all the time, but it's the ability to do what I need to do when I need to do it. And when I look back at my life, for the most part, that has always been the case. There have been times, like I remember a couple of distinct times when it was like, okay, time to pay rent. And I didn't have the money for rent. So you could say, well, maybe I didn't have the ability to do what I needed to do in that moment. But you know what I did have was the ability to call some friends and ask them to borrow the money and get the money for rent so I could pay my rent. And then I also had the ability to get the money together to pay them back on time. So I actually did have the ability to do what I needed to do when I needed to do it. It just didn't necessarily look the way I wanted it to. And here's the thing. Because if 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 I take myself back to, you know, 25 years old, I don't have money for rent. Like I remember the, this moment, like it's like I remember it like it was yesterday in my mind, like the shame and the embarrassment and the fear of like having to call my friend and be like, "I don't have money for rent. Can you loan me the money?" Like I mean, like, I remember that. Like, it was very real for me. But if I take the judgment off of it, and I take all the shame off of it, and I take all the fear off of it, and I take all the all the ugly stuff off of it, and I just look at what it really was, like, I was a little short on cash that month. I had to reach out to some friends and get some help, but I still had the ability to do what I needed to do when I needed to do it. And so there's never really been a time in my life when that wasn't there. Which means I've always been abundant. But there's something in my mind, there's something that happens in my mind and it happens in your mind too. There's something that happens in all of our mind that doesn't allow us to see the abundance that is actually all around us all the time. And... Because of this mental thing we're doing, where we're framing life in a way where it looks scarce, it looks like there is not enough, we live out the embodied experience of that. So we, we view life as though there's not enough. Then we feel that there's not enough. Then we start to relate with life as, as though there's not enough. Then we actually start to create the conditions that push abundance out of our lives. So more and more we experience that there is not enough. You know, if I take myself back to those times in my life that I didn't have the money to pay rent, what I see now that I didn't see then was I spent weeks worrying about whether or not I was gonna be able to pay my rent. When what I could have spent that time doing was reaching out to friends, family, people in my network, like trying to pick up side jobs, trying to pick up a side hustle, make a little extra money. I could have been going to like thrift shops and like selling stuff on eBay. Like, like there were so many ways for me to get that rent money together. But rather than being actively engaged with the abundance that was all around me, I was sitting in my room living in fear. And sitting in my room living in fear caused me to create the conditions that led to a lack of abundance in my life. And so what I would invite all of you to do right now, those of you who are listening, whether you're live with me today, whether you're listening on the podcast, what I would invite all of you to do right now is ask yourself, where are you doing the exact same thing in your life? Where are you sitting in scarcity right now? Where are you sitting in not enoughness, in fear that it's not going to work out, it's not, not, not going to happen for me, I'm not going to be able to do it, I'm going to lose it. It's like, all, where are you living in that fear? Rather than getting actively engaged with the abundance that's all around you right now. Where are you living in fear? rather than actively engaging with the abundance that is all around you right now. Like, let's talk about love, because I know that's really what we're here to talk about, right? And I said to, um, I said to someone in, in the Inspired Love program this week that love, love is not something, or let me put it this way. The relationship that you're looking for, for all the single people out there, The relationship that you're looking for is not something that you are going to find outside of you. It's something that you are going to find inside of you. Now, I know that sounds like a weird thing to say because you're like, what do you mean? Like another human being is outside of me. Yes, the physical representation of that relationship is something that will happen outside of you. The experience of that relationship is something that will happen inside of you. And so this is the way it works. When we talk about abundance, your spiritual nature has your spiritual nature contains all things. Your spiritual nature includes all of things, all, all things. There is not a single thing in the universe that your spiritual nature does not contain because you are all of it. We are all of it. And then we come out of all of it to be some of it, right? I said in the beginning that our human life is, is an experiment with limitation, right? So our spiritual nature is all of it and our human experience is some of it. And then we bring the allness down into the sumness to make it more, to increase it. Now, what do I mean by that? If you consider that your spiritual nature contains all things, then that amazing, deep, passionate, loving, intimate, connected, lifetime committed partnership that you're looking for, that is contained within your spiritual nature. It's in there. It from From the time you existed, it was already there. It's inside you. It's been there the whole time. It could never be anywhere else. It's already there. Now, what, is that, what do I mean when I say that? Because it, it's not really that there's another person inside of you, right? So what, what, is, what do I mean when I say that that relationship is inside of you? I mean, it's inside of you like an experience, like a feeling of being deeply loved, like a feeling of being safe, like a feeling of being connected, like a feeling of being empowered, like a feeling of being inspired, like a feeling of being truly alive, like a feeling of every cell of your body being filled with passion and vibrance and enthusiasm for your life, and the person you are. Like really, when you think about love, like that's really what you want, right? Like you want someone to love you. You want to be loved. That experience of being loved already exists inside of you. Now, the way to manifest love externally is to connect to that energy, that frequency, that vibrance, that passion, that aliveness, that joy, that enthusiasm, that excitement, that inspiration. Right? The way to manifest love is to connect to all of that inside of you and live in that as consistently as you possibly can. And as you maintain that vibrational state, as you maintain that frequency inside your body, as you live inside that frequency on a consistent basis, your external reality will continue to change and shift and transform to reflect that vibrational reality more and more and more. Some of you say, Shane, I've been doing that for 30 years. Why hasn't it happened yet? Well, let's be honest. Have you really been doing that for 30 years? Or have you gone up and then down and then up and then down and then up and, oh, I believe it's going to happen. I feel really excited. I met someone that's going to go somewhere. It didn't work out I'm useless. I'm the worst person in the world. nobody's ever going to love me I, I, I should just resign to being alone. this is never going to happen for me. Oh I met someone I'm excited. maybe this is going to go somewhere maybe something's going to happen. Well I, I have never felt like this before maybe something eh. oh it didn't work out. I, I'm useless. this is never going to happen for me. my situation is so hopeless like when you constantly are in these ups and downs and ups and downs and ups and downs, your vibration is not consistent enough for anything to realistically transform in your life. right like you're not you're not maintaining that frequency that energy consistently enough for a long enough amount of time that you're allowing your external reality to catch up with it you step into it for a moment but then you step out of it you see in inspired love what i teach my clients to do is to go through these experiences, and rather than getting high and then getting low and then getting high and then getting low, is to maintain more of an even keel. And it's like, okay, I met someone. This is exciting. Maybe this will go somewhere. Maybe this is my person. I'm definitely enjoying getting to know them. Right? You go up a little bit, but it's not like, oh, my god, I've never felt like this is so amazing. No, it's just like up a little bit. Oh, this is exciting. I like this person. This is nice. I'm enjoying getting to know this person. I I see some potential here and then down if it doesn't work out, right? It's like, oh, that's sad. You know, I, I thought that that was gonna go further. I thought that that was gonna become more. I, I feel that in my heart, like I'm, that hurts. And I'm moving through it, but I'm moving through it consciously, and I'm not hopeless, and I don't think I'm the worst person in the world, and I don't think there's anything wrong with me, and I don't think that love is impossible for me. I'm just, I'm just grieving a loss. And I also recognize it's a relatively small loss. I only knew this person for a couple of months, It's a relatively small loss, but I'm grieving it. I'm I'm letting it go. I'm letting that energy move out of my life, and I'm feeling it as it's happening. And then within a few days or maybe a few weeks, it it, it moves through, and and now I'm starting to feel a little better again. But again, I'm I'm not manically better. I'm just feeling good about myself. I'm just feeling some joy in my life. I'm just feeling some excitement. I'm feeling inspired. Right, like, that is an abundant experience of life. Where you're able to carry this joy with you. And yes, there are fluctuations, but there aren't these wild fluctuations. They're more subtle fluctuations. And you're able to keep your feet on the ground. And you're not, every external change that takes place in your life doesn't cause you to question yourself internally. Right? Like so many of us, we need to get used to allowing things to change externally without questioning everything internally. We need to allow ourselves to go through the experience of life, feeling the things we feel. Oh, I feel attracted. I feel excited. Oh, I feel sad. I feel lonely but without over-attaching to either of these experiences and just being able to gracefully move through them. That is an abundant experience of life. Recognizing that even the good times don't last, but neither do the bad times. Recognizing that when I'm going through a challenge in my life, I am more than enough. To overcome this challenge. You see, so many of us don't think we're enough to overcome the challenges of our lives. And it's the most insane thing because how many challenges have you overcome already? How many things have you been through? How many times in your life did you go, oh my god, I don't know how I'll ever make it through this, and you made it through? But you still have not identified as someone who is capable and powerful enough to overcome the challenges of your life. There's a, when we recognize the fullness of who and what we are, we recognize that we can handle anything, that we can overcome anything. And in fact, every quote, bad thing that's ever happened to me in my life only made me better. It only made my life better. I only learned from it. I grew from it. I became better because of it. And I had more to give in life as a result of it. You see, what I experience with my clients is that the single ones is that yes, they might be dating and and they might get meet someone and it may or may not work out. But when the situations don't work out, yes, there's some pain associated with that. It hurts and that's real. and, And we've got to go through that in life. There's no avoiding that. But ultimately within a few weeks or a few months, max, They come back around and realize that they're better than they've ever been before. And they go back into the dating world with more clarity, more confidence, and more optimism than they ever have before. because they're starting to recognize that yes, these things are painful, and yes, these things are scary, and yes, there's some trauma and some emotion to process around these experiences, but at the end of the day, they are only making me better, and that is an abundant mindset. You see, I experienced something when I was dating, and it was the most illogical thing That I mean, there was no logic behind it, but there was truth behind it and there was reality behind it. And it proved true for me. And I've been teaching it to my clients for over a decade now. And I see it proving true for them time and time again, is that I got to a place in dating that every time a relationship didn't work out, I actually was more excited about what was coming next than I was about what I was leaving behind. It doesn't mean I didn't feel things around what I was leaving behind. The end of a relationship has always touched me. Every single one of my relationships, no matter how I felt about that person, every, every single end of a relationship has always touched me. It has always hit me. But in the past, when I was younger, the end of a relationship was monumentally painful And the excitement about what was coming next was like a tiny little flicker. In later years, the pain of what I was leaving behind was more like just kind of a subtle, dull ache, a sadness, like a nostalgia almost. Like like when you think about leaving, when you think about an old friend that you haven't seen in years and you wonder where their life is, Like, it kind of felt like that, right? but it wasn't this deep, intense pain that I used to feel around it. And what filled up all that extra space was the excitement about what was coming next. And the reason I felt that way about these relationships was because that experience was a reflection of my internal truth. You see, this is what I want everyone to realize. When when the pain of losing a relationship was so much bigger than the excitement about what was coming next, that was a reflection of my internal truth at the time. And my internal truth at that time was that I don't believe I'm lovable. I don't believe that somebody's going to love me. I feel like this person who just left was the best thing I could ever hope for. And now that they're gone, I don't know how I could ever find someone like again. Like, like, I just felt like I got lucky with them. And, and since I got lucky with them, like, I don't know if I can count on getting lucky again. Like, I just thought that was a fluke, right? That was my internal reality. And so my experience in losing the relationship reflected my truth at the time. And in the later years, when the excitement was bigger than the loss, my truth was different. I felt lovable. I felt worthy. I felt like an incredibly high-value partner. I felt like there are lots of women in the world that would want to be with me, lots of high-quality women. I felt like I had lots of potential. Because that was my internal truth, yes, there was some sadness around letting this relationship go, but there was more excitement. You see, we, we tell ourselves stories like, oh, this person was so special and I'll, I've never met anyone like them and I'll never meet anyone like them again and how could I lose them? How could I ever move on without this person? Like, this person was so special, like there's nobody else like them out there. They weren't special. You see, that is that is the beautiful truth about the abundance of the universe is that person was not special. There are a million other people just like them out there. <laughs> like... Like, that is the beautiful truth about how abundant the universe is. There's always another person. There's always another opportunity. Whoever you thought you lost in your past that you could never meet anyone like them, there are a million people worse than them and a million people better than them. That's how abundant the universe is. And so, living From this internal abundance, abundance is more than enough, right? I am more than enough. When it comes to potential for meeting people, there are more than enough possibilities. When it comes to money, there is more than enough. Or if money feels tight right now, there are more than enough ways to create money. When it comes to friendship and connection, there is more than enough. Or if I feel low on friends right now, there are more than enough ways and opportunities and people out there that are looking for friendship. Right? We start to swim in the water of life itself is abundant. Like, Do you understand? We have people starving in the world right now, and yet we throw away enough food every day to feed more than all of those starving people. Like, really, like, let that sink in. We have people starving on planet Earth right now. And we throw away more food every day that would be more than enough to feed all of those people. Scarcity is not real. It is a made-up thing. It is something we create. And in the same way that we're throwing all the food away that we could give to those people if we were conscious enough to do so, You are throwing love away that you could let into your life if you were conscious enough to do so. That's just the truth. Like anytime you feel deprived, anytime you feel deprived of anything, you've got to recognize that the deprivation is not the truth. It is the current relationship that you have with reality in that moment. And I want to say this. I think part of of the game of life that we're all playing here is that you have to believe it before you see it. I think that is a fundamental part of the game. And like, what do, what do we say? Like, what did our parents teach us? I don't believe it unless I see it, right? Like, I heard that's like all the time growing up. I don't believe it unless I see it. That sounds really real and really logical and really, you know, smart, right? I don't believe it unless I see it. Well, joke's on you. Because all the magic in life happens in the unseen. All the magic in life happens. Like, we all love the story of the underdog, right? Like there's something so fundamentally human in the story of the underdog, right? The person who came from nothing against all odds, beat it. Like why do we love the story of the underdog? Because that's all of our story. Like we see that within all of us is like the, like everybody doubted. Everybody said it couldn't be done. Everybody said it was impossible. But this one crazy person was crazy enough to believe it anyway, against all odds, and then they showed everybody. And they showed everybody what was really possible. It's like the whole, uh, I think it's like the four-minute mile. Correct me if I'm wrong. Maybe it's a Five-minute mile, I don't know. But maybe it's three-minute mile. Don't don't quote me on the minutes. But there was was some benchmark a few years ago that that had never been broken before. Nobody had ever run a mile in this amount of time. And scientists said it couldn't be done, right? Scientists said it couldn't be done. And then one person did it. And then in that same year, it was like 10 other people did it. For the first time in history, it had never been done before. But once one person did it, everyone else could do it. Why? Because it was always possible. Thank you, love, the four-minute mile. It was always possible, but it took that one person to believe in it enough to show everybody that it could be done, and then people started doing it. Like, this is the way life works. Whatever you want in life, it exists inside of you. Here's the question. Whatever you want in life, whatever your dreams are, whatever you're dreaming about, can you believe in it enough Can you connect to the vibration of that thing in your soul? If it's a loving relationship, if it's your dream job, if it's having like a certain amount of financial wealth or comfort or living in a certain home or living in a certain place or spending your day in a certain way or having a certain routine or having certain friends or whatever. Like, I mean, anything, literally anything. Can you connect to the vibration of that thing inside of yourself? Can you live the embodied experience of having that thing even though your external reality says it's not true? Even though people will look at you and say you're crazy. Even though people will say you're delusional. Even though people will say, why are you listening to this dude on Instagram? He doesn't know what he's talking about. Can you look all of them in the eyes and say, I know. Or are you going to let their fear become your fear? Are you going to let their judgment become your judgment and you lose the vibration of the thing that you want in your life because you're afraid of what they're going to think about you? Or because you're afraid of how you're going to look? Or because you're afraid of being the fool who believed and it never happened? Or whatever, like whatever version of that, right? Like, can you really connect to that vibration and hold that in your heart? Hold it like it's sacred. Hold it like it's alive. Hold it like it's real and live with that. Even when you go on a date and it doesn't work out the way you want it to. Even when you go on five dates and you haven't been attracted to any of them. Can you say, I know this is real in my soul? Because that's what determines if it happens or not. And it really is, like, I I really think it's a test of faith. Like, I, I think this life rewards the faithful. And I don't mean faith in a religion or faith in a God. I mean faith in yourself, faith in your truth, faith in who you are. Can you believe in yourself when no one else believes in you? Can you believe in your dreams even when people tell you they're unrealistic? Can you get up every day and pour your heart and your soul into something even when you don't know if it's gonna work out. Your ability to do that or not is gonna determine where you end up. If you never work, like actively work to develop the belief in yourself, the belief in your ability to create, to manifest, to bring things into being, and you spend your whole life doubting and questioning and wondering and feeling empty and lacking, that feeling, that doubt, that questioning, that lack of clarity, that lack of certainty, that is going to define your life. And you know what you'll do at the end of it? You'll say, I was right. I knew all along, I knew I was going to end up alone. And look, I ended up alone. I was right all along. I knew I was never going to make any money. Look, I never made any money. I was right all along. And you'll be right. And nobody will be able to convince you otherwise. But the whole time that you've been over there being right, about how real your limitations were and how impossible your situation was, other people just like you were questioning those things and challenging those things and cultivating a belief in themselves and working to change their reality, working to experience a new reality. And so the end of their life will be very different. And you know what they'll say? they'll say, I was right. I knew it. I knew if I believed in myself and I kept the faith and I just kept working at it every day, no matter what, no matter how hard it was, no matter how scary it was, no matter how lonely it was, I knew that if I just kept believing and I kept moving towards it, that it would happen. And you know what? You'll both be right. You'll both be right. So the question is, which, which side of the equation do you want to end up on? You get to choose. Like, that's the amazing thing. You get to choose because of how abundant you are. Like, this is, how, this is how abundant you are. This is what's so amazing about abundance. You are so abundant and you have so much available to you that if you want to create the experience of complete deprivation, you can do that. I'm broke. I have no money. I'm alone. I have no love. I have no friendship. I have have no possibility. You are so abundant that you can even create the experience of complete deprivation if you want to. It's really amazing. And the choice is yours. The choice is always yours. So I want to just touch on a few more practical aspects of this. I've talked about a lot of the philosophy, and I want to just touch on a few of the more practical aspects because I want to give you something that is really usable for you. So there are two parts to this, and I've talked about this before. There is the there is the mindset work and the somatic work. And I want to say in Inspired Love, like the Inspired Love program is designed for us to actually work on both, right? So we have the coaching where we talk about it, where we reframe the limiting beliefs, where we break down the storylines that you're living in that have defined your life, that are continuing to define and create your life, right? You're, so we have the coaching where we deal directly with the thoughts and the storylines and the identity that you're creating. And then we have the somatic work where we work with breath, where we work with guided experiences, where we work with physically moving the energy in the body. And you really need both of these things. And that's why I've designed the program in this way is because I found that like so many people focus on one and like lots of people spend years and years and years in therapy just talking about it and like, like please don't hear please don't misunderstand me like that is so good it's so good it's so important but if all you do is talk about it at a certain point you can almost be reinforcing the reality of it right like if if you just talk about it week after week after week like i i've had people come to me and they've been like i've been in therapy for 20 years and nothing has really changed for me and within a few months of the program all of a sudden their whole experience of life is completely different and it's because for the first time in their life they actually stopped talking about it and started doing something about it because the the thing is is like if all you do is talk about it at a certain point It it just becomes more true for you. If week after week, you just show up to your therapist and you just keep telling them about how it's still there and it's still happening and it's the same way and you still have the same feelings and the same thoughts and the same challenges and the same blockages, like at a certain point, it just becomes, like you just start driving at home how real it is. So there's gotta be another way of working with it. This is where we get into the energetics of the body. Like energetically, you carry the limitations. And when you feel the energetic weight of the limitation in your body, it causes you to think limited thoughts. And then the more you think limited thoughts, the more it causes the, the, more it causes the energetic weight to build up in your body. And the more you feel that energetic weight building up in your body, the more you think limited thoughts. And the more you think limited thoughts, the more you build up energetic weight. And it's a self-perpetuating cycle that just goes on and on and on. Like, just check in right now. Just ask yourself, does your body feel heavy? Like, if you're human and you're living in this world, most people are going to say yes. (laughs) Like, when was the last time you really felt light like a feather? Like you could just jump off of a cliff and just, now that wouldn't actually happen, okay. But, but you get the idea, right? It's like, when was the last time you felt that light? When was the last time you felt that free? When did you feel that kind of ease in your body? Like, just like, like imagine there was just no weight, no tension. And if you like, if you honestly say like, it's been a long time since I felt that, or I don't even remember the last time I felt that, like, that's how you know, like you're carrying this energetic weight, this energetic tension. And it's fueling a lot of your thoughts, right? So there's, there's really a two-part approach here is you need to talk it out. You need to clarify. You need to reframe the limiting ideas. You need to clarify the storylines that you're living in so you can see them. So they're not just unconscious narratives that are running in the background, but you actually see, oh, I've been living in this story for 20 years. Oh, I've been telling myself that, you know, every person I meet is gonna leave me for 20 years. And in the last 20 years, every person I met has loved me. Oh, big surprise, right? Like, it was a story I told myself and it came true. Imagine that, right? So you've you've gotta first bring awareness to the story And then you've got to reframe it. You've got to understand it in a different way so you can start to think about it differently. And then you've also got to move the physical energetic weight out of your body so you can feel at ease, so you can feel at peace in your body, so you don't get triggered into these intense reactions so easily. This will allow your thoughts to be more clear overall. It will allow a sense of confidence to develop inside of you. It will allow a sense of clarity to develop in terms of your intention, in terms of what you're looking for. It will allow a sense of belief to develop inside of you because when you're not carrying all this emotional, energetic weight that feels dark and heavy, when there's a lightness inside of you, what what you actually wake up to is your own intuitive awareness. And so you start to be led by a kind of intuitive guidance because your body is now clear enough to feel that, right? So you feel, oh, I want to move towards this. Oh, I want to move away from this. Not like a, like so many of us live in a kind of ruminating thought pattern. Right. We we live in like a, a consistent ruminating in our minds, trying to figure things out. And what should I do about this or that? Or should I text this person? Should I not text them? Should I wait for them to text me? Should I ask them out? Should I is that being too pushy? Is that we live in like a constant rumination in our minds? And like, have you noticed that never really gets you anywhere? Like you think about things constantly, nonstop, like you just never stop thinking, but nothing really changes. Like you just think and think and think, but the thinking isn't leading to anything real. Right? Well, that's like that thinking that rumination is a trauma response and you are falling into that rumination because you're disconnected from your intuition. Like when you, when you feel light and free and at ease inside your body, you have access to an intuitive guidance, which rather than relying on your egoic mind to ruminate around every single decision, you can then feel into it and you can say what feels right. And then there's a kind of, I I just, I naturally, I want to lean into this. It just, it feels natural for me to lean into this. It feels natural for me to lean away with this. It feels natural for me to create a boundary right now. It feels naturally for me to compromise right now. But you're not ruminating about it. You're just following your heart. You're following your truth. But before you can even access that, you've got to clear up all the stuff that's in the way of that, right? Which is the fear, which is the scarcity. I said to a client of mine this week, I said that the only thing you really need to let go of is the fear. The constant wondering if it will happen, when it will happen, why hasn't it happened yet? What's wrong with me? When is it going to happen? What do I have to do to make it happen? All of these thoughts are based in fear and scarcity. All of these thoughts are are connected to an identity that says, I am not enough. I am lacking. There is not enough, right? All of those thoughts are tied to that identity. And this woman I was speaking to, like if she could just simply stop living in those thoughts, then what she would wake up to is a new kind of freedom in life. A new kind of, oh, I can just enjoy my life. I don't have to constantly be trying to control everything and wondering how it's going to happen and trying to, be skew, trying to like skew situations to make them work out in a certain way and constantly being frustrated when things aren't going the way I want to or when I had a bad date or when I wasn't attracted to the person or whatever. Like, I don't have to constantly live in that. I can literally just let that go. Live in the moment. Like be where my feet are. Be right here, right now. Enjoy the abundance that is in my life today. I can step outside and just soak in the sun and enjoy the sun and sit with a cup of coffee and just enjoy my cup of coffee and, and go out with friends and have a great time and go on a date and just be happy to be on that date, even if it doesn't amount into anything. And I, I, can, just, I can just like soak up the joy and the abundance that is available in each moment and trust that the next moment will be perfect. I don't need to control the next moment. I can just ease my way into it and I can love that moment just as much as I love this one. And and this is what like, I understand this is counterintuitive because we have been programmed from the time we were children to believe that if we want something to happen, we have to make it happen through force of will. But especially when it comes to love, haven't you noticed that doesn't work? How many situations have you tried to force and how many times have you fallen flat on your face because of it? And yet there is a way to do it. There is a way to get there. I mean, like I was I was sitting in my inspired love group the other night and just like looking at all the faces on the screen and going like, oh my God, over half of the women here are in like really good relationships right now. And that that's like, that's amazing because it wasn't that way when they signed up. And it's like all that needed to happen was they needed to stop doing the things that weren't working, stop living in the vibrational reality that wasn't working, and start living in the one that does. And I I just want to say, like, the most important thing you could do right now, especially around love, before you go trying to get into another relationship, before you go trying to force anything, like, the most important thing you could do is learn how to live this way. Learn how to live this way. Prioritize that. And we're so afraid to do that because it's like, if I stop, if I stop chasing love, for even a minute, I'm going to miss the boat. And I, know, and I know so many of you, especially the women, it's like you're on a time clock and it's like I need this to happen before I run out of time. And it's counterintuitive, but this actually saves time. This actually saves time. I want to share one more story because I think this story is really going to land what I'm talking about here. There was a, um, there's a student in the program and um, we had, we had an interaction maybe two months ago or something like that. I don't remember exactly when it was, but um, we had an interaction and she was sharing about a guy that she'd been friends with for a long time. And she'd always been very attracted to him and nothing more had really ever developed. And she wanted to see if something could, but she didn't know how to approach it. And I said to her, I said, why don't you just send him a text right now, right now, while we're on the call right now with everyone watching, just send him a text. And all you got to say is like, hey, you know, I just want to let you know, I've always enjoyed your company and I'd love for us to spend a little time together and see what's there. Weren't necessarily my exact words, but something like that, something to that effect. Right. And, you know, just, just, I would love for us to spend a little more time together and see what's there. Right. And and so we talked about it and she couldn't bring herself to do it in the moment. And I don't, I'm not going to push, you know, I was like, okay, just reflect on why you couldn't do it. Reflect on where you were stuck and let's talk about it. Right. So anyway, long story short, a couple of months had gone by and, and a lot of things happened for her in that couple of months. But about two months later, she sends the message, the the message that she was going to send that night, she sent the message. And gets an amazing response. Like, that sounds fabulous. I would love to. That sounds like a great time. Like, absolutely, let's do it. Like, you know, she got an overwhelmingly positive response. Now, what I want to point out, and the reason I'm telling this story is because this is how this works. For two months, nothing really changed in her life. She spent 2 months ruminating around this idea. And this isn't a criticism, we all do this. I do that we all do this, okay? So like not not pointing the finger at her, I'm pointing the finger at all of us. But in that 2 months that she was ruminating around this idea, nothing really changed. No evolution took place. She was in a holding pattern. She was stuck. She was just sitting on this idea for two months. And then when she finally worked through whatever she needed to work through to actually act on that idea, that's when something new starts happening. That's when life begins unfolding. And so I want to say for all of us listening, you've got to ask yourself, what are those two months in your life? What is the thing you are not acting on? What is the thing you are not moving forward on? What is the thing that's on your mind? It's on your heart. You know, it's the next step, but you're hesitating because until you do that thing, nothing is ever going to change in your life. And this, like, this is what abundance is all about. Doing that thing, whatever that is, like her sending that text message was her stepping into a whole new identity. It's like, I'm lovable. I'm worthy. Like this person would want to hang out with me. Like uh, it's It's like she stepped into a whole new identity. And then boom, and then she sends a message and then things start to unfold. And for her, it was two months. For a lot of us, it's two years. For some of us, it's 20 years. Like there are some of you, and I'm going to call you out, there are some of you who are going to hear this message that you are in a relationship that you know is not your highest good. And you've been in that relationship for more than a year. Some of you more than two years, some of you more than five years, some of you more than 10 years. And and, and I'd be willing to bet that there's somebody in every one of those brackets who's going to hear this message at one point or another. you know that the next step for you is to leave that relationship and you're hesitating and you're hesitating because you're living in scarcity you're hesitating because you have not yet connected to the abundance that the only thing that could happen by you leaving that relationship is goodness in whatever way it shows up, the only thing that could ever come from you leaving that relationship is goodness. Goodness in having the freedom to be separate from a toxic partner, goodness in having the freedom to explore new relationships and find something that may be more compatible for you. Goodness in the opportunity to heal the damage that this relationship has done in the years that you've been in it. Like the only thing that could come from leaving that relationship is goodness. And you're hesitating because you have not yet made the shift from scarcity to abundance. Just like this woman I was talking about, it took her two months to make the shift from scarcity to abundance around sending that text message. And what I really wanna point out for everybody is these holding patterns that we get stuck in, whether it's for two months, whether it's for two years, whether it's for 20 years, these holding patterns where we get stuck, these are the periods of time in our life when life is passing us by. The only reason that you will not manifest your dreams in this lifetime is because you spent too many years of your life waiting and holding patterns. Like, really let that in. Really, like, I want everybody who hears this to really let that in. The only reason that you will not manifest all of your dreams in this lifetime is because you spent too many years of your life sitting and holding patterns. Like, so many of you, I know, you want to join Inspired Love. Like some of you have been telling me you want to join it for years. You just haven't made it happen yet. And like, I'm going to tell you, if that's you, you're in a holding pattern right now. And you're like, oh, well, someday down the road, I'm going to have enough time and enough money and everything will just work out perfectly. And then I'll do it. And like, look, you could have just done it figured it out, even if time and money were a little tight for a while, and then it balances out over time. But you could have just done it, moved on it, figured things out, and then your life would have been in a completely different place right now. But maybe you've been waiting for years to not even say yes to this program. And meanwhile, life is passing you by. Like that's a reality for some of you out there. I know it is. And once again, it's you not moving from scarcity to abundance. I don't have enough time. I don't have enough money. There's too much going on. I'm too stressed. I, 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 all of that is I'm not enough. I'm not enough to do the program at this time. Maybe later, I'll be enough to do the program. Right now, I'm not enough. And the see, it's not even about the program, but the program is just a reflection of your identity. Your How you relate to saying yes to the program or not is just reflecting your own identity back to you. So I'm going to end with this, and I'm going to open up for some questions. I saw some questions come in. I'll go back to them. Um, But I'm going to end with this. There's There's an old saying that says, jump and the net will appear. Some of you might have heard that, jump and the net will appear. Um, but, but the the idea is, I mean, it's kind of self-explanatory, but it's like, yeah, jump, take the leap, right? Like, you don't need to know how it's all going to work out. Like, when you send that text to that person and say, hey, I've always enjoyed my time with you, I'd love for us to spend some more time together and see what happens, right? Like, like when you send that message to someone, it's like, jump and the net will appear. You don't need to know how they're going to respond. You don't need to know how it's going to work out. All you need to do is start showing up to life 100%. Go all in. Stop waiting to have everything be perfect before you figure it out. Life is never going to be perfect. Stop waiting until you feel ready to get started with something and just get started because that is where you experience the abundance of your being. You experience the abundance of your being when you're living life on the skinny branches, so to speak. When when things aren't clearly defined and you have to go and search your own soul to bring forth like untapped inner resources and then you become a better human being as a result of it, you become more confident, you become more capable, you become more powerful, you become more attractive, All of this is is a reflection of you becoming more abundant and you connecting more to the inherent abundance that is inside of you. And you only do that by stretching yourself outside of your comfort zone, outside of what's familiar to you. And so I just like, I want, I I think the message for today, if I were to really sum it up in, in one way, is that you can't fail. Like, the the only thing that could ever cause you to fail is your fear of failure. Being too afraid to even try. Yeah, you will have failures in life, right? Like, I asked someone out, they said no. Okay, we could call that a failure, maybe. Like, you you will experience rejection sometimes. You will experience disappointment sometimes. But the only way that you could ever really fail in the real sense of the word is by being so afraid to go for it that you never even try, is by spending your life in these holding patterns and spending so many years of your life in holding patterns that you just simply run out of time to create your dreams. That's the only way you can miss out in life. So from the bottom of my heart, I just want to encourage all of you, like, What is that place where you're stuck? What is that place where you're not acknowledging how abundant, how capable, how amazing, how infinite you truly are? And if you were to challenge yourself to step into that right now, if it's a relationship, if it's a financial commitment, if it's a risk that you want to take in in some aspect of your life, if you could challenge yourself enough to just step into that. Who would be the person, who would be the version of you that steps into that? And how would they be different from the version of you that can't step into that? That's how transformation happens. The moment you are willing to step into that, you literally become a new version of yourself. And on that note, I do also just want to say that the Inspired Love program is open for enrollment right now. So if you want to step into that and choose that for yourself as an expression of your abundance and your commitment to yourself, that is also a really great place to start. So I'm going to leave the link to apply for that down below, wherever you're listening to this podcast. And when you're ready, you can go ahead and check that out as well. All right. So lots of love, everybody. Um, I'm going to open up for some questions now. Let me just scroll back through here. If you have questions, go ahead, drop them in the chat, and I will uh, answer as many as I can. I'm gonna start with this one from Ryan SS. She asks, how do you maintain excitement in dating when most of the dating pool is difficult? Now, I, I, I'm gonna reiterate some of what I said, but I really appreciate this question because you're gonna allow me to kind of fine tune some of what we've talked about today. How do you maintain excitement in dating when most of the dating pool is difficult? Well, you've got to see, this question is really about where does your excitement come from? Does your excitement come from meeting cool people in the dating pool? Or does your excitement come from something that's inside of you? Now, I, I want to acknowledge, like there is a very human aspect to this, right? Like, and this is like the evolutionary biology part of us, like there are certain, there are certain biological and physiological things that have us get excited when someone's attracted to us. And like that, that's important because that's what makes us want to mate with each other and that's what keeps the human species alive, okay? So there are these biological factors that are involved. And those are like, this is nature, like this is thousands of years of evolution. These are powerful forces, and so yes, this is what's happening for all of us. Like we are, like if, if you imagine like the person you are, how small you are in comparison to the billions of years of evolution that are at play here, right? I mean, like it's pretty intense when you think about it. Like you are, you are caught in a blip in time amidst billions of years of evolution. And all these drives for connection and wanting to be liked and accepted and belonging and love, like there are billions of years of evolution at play that are driving all of these experiences. Okay, so yeah, we are relatively small in comparison to the billions of years of evolution that are at play here. Because of that, most of us are completely at the mercy of these biological forces. And this is where you have—I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make some generalities here, and, and I know that there are exceptions to these. I know that this doesn't define everybody, but it defines large pools of people. If, if, it, if this pisses you off, then I'm not talking to you, okay? But this defines a lot of people, is you have a lot of men that are just trying to screw everything in sight, and you have a lot of women that are just desperate to be loved. And these are examples— of people that are at the mercy of these evolutionary forces okay they have not risen above these forces right the the men have not risen into any higher idea of what a relationship could be and the women have not risen into any stronger idea of who they could be apart from having a, a partner in their lives right so These are are examples of people who are living in scarcity, who are disconnected from the abundance that is inherently inside of them. They are completely at the mercy of these biological and evolutionary drives. And they are just trying to find some sense of significance or peace or happiness while feeling such incredible scarcity all over their lives. Now, there are those of us who choose to rise above that. Now, when you choose to rise above that, you allow the opportunity for your excitement to be fueled by something beyond these basic biological and evolutionary drives. So my excitement is no longer only fueled by my interest or attraction in someone that might be part of it. I mean, look, like I'm like, even me, like when my wife is really into me, like that's exciting, okay? Like, I, I mean, I'm not gonna even say like I'm above that. But in my life day to day, like I'd say more often my wife is not into me than she is. And I mean, I mean look, I'm talking about like in a sexual sense, right, like day to day, we do a lot of other things. So like, you know, we're working and we're building a life and we're cooking and we're cleaning and we're raising our puppy and we're traveling. And there's a lot that's happening other than my wife just being into me. So I don't always have that level of excitement happening in my life, but my excitement comes from many other places as well. And so going back to the question, you say, how do you maintain the excitement in dating when most of the dating pool is difficult? Well, if your excitement is connected to your overall experience of life, not just what happens in dating, Right. But your overall experience of all the things that bring you joy, the, the friendships that you have, the hobbies and the practices and the activities you do that really light you up your spiritual life and your prayer life or your meditation life or your connection with God. And however that shows up for you, like spending time in nature or spending time with your kids or with your pets or, you know, just enjoying like the sun or enjoying a good movie or cooking a great meal or taking a trip or going on a retreat or right. So like when your excitement in life is more holistic when it's not so completely determined by whether or not somebody wants to be with you or whether or not you're attracted or or romantically involved with someone, but when you have a more complete sense of joy and excitement in your life that is across the board and you feel very fulfilled overall and you feel very abundant in that I feel worthy of love, I feel that there is lots of opportunity for love, I frequently meet interesting people. And so I'm not really living in a scarcity of possibility or opportunity. I'm just more sorting through the opportunity and sorting through my experience of life, waiting for when the timing matches up with the right person and it all connects synchronistically. And I feel that it is the right time for me to move into a committed relationship. You know, it's so interesting. like. Something that happens for so many of my clients is they go from spending their whole life desperately wanting a relationship to contently being single and having lots of men want relationships with them. And then they're more in the position of choosing. Like, I have a lot of clients who are single right now, but they're not single because they can't find a relationship, they're single because they are actively choosing their relationships. And so like so many of my clients have gone from this place of feeling deprived and scarce and desperate for love to living in this place of like, I actually feel really good. I don't really have a strong interest to be in a relationship, like like a strong need to be in a relationship. I am interested, but I'm only interested for the right person at the right time. And I'm actually enjoying my life so much right now that I'm not in a hurry, like so many of my clients go from that extreme to this one. Right. And then from this place, like, I can't tell you, like I'm thinking of one client in particular, like she's just broken up with like four different guys in the last few months. And these are guys that wanted a committed relationship with her and she's, and and good guys that treat her well, but she's like really tuning into like what is really right for me now. And I'm not just going to settle with someone because they're a nice guy and they're here. And I'm also not desperate. Like she spent her whole life being desperate and now she's not desperate anymore. So now she's just kind of like, I'm not in a hurry. I'm just waiting for like the right guy for me. And that what I'm describing is an example of her being excited about dating, even though the dating pool is difficult, but her excitement isn't generated by dating. Her excitement is generated by the amazing woman that she is, by the amazing life that she has, by all the different forms of abundance that are being expressed in her life every day, by doing work that she's passionate about, by spending time with her kids, by traveling the world, right? So like her excitement is generated by so many different things. And so she has like a patience and a clarity and an ease around her love life that she just didn't have in the past when her life was more empty overall. So I, like, I've said this before, but I really want to land it here, is when you feel a sense of desperation around relationships, that is a red flag that your life itself is not that fulfilling for you. And look, this is something like, I know that can be a tough thing to hear, but this is something I learned personally. Like I remember really clearly a time in my life when I realized I had been leaning on relationships as a way to fill me up for an emptiness that I felt in my life overall. And I had been seeking out intense romantic interactions as a way to make up for the fact that I didn't really think my life was that great overall. So much of what I do in the Inspired Love program, in addition to healing trauma and helping people learn healthy connection strategies, is I help people build a life that is really worth living. A life that they wake up in the morning and say, relationship or not, I am so grateful for my life and everything that's in it. Because only by first living in that place is when you can really attract in the right partner for you. If you're living in a deprivation scarcity model, you're just gonna settle for the first thing that shows up. Because it's like there's that desperation there that you just need to get rid of it. And then, you know, that's that's why the divorce rate is what it is, is because so many people just settle because they're just so desperate that they can't handle being alone, but then they realize they didn't marry the right person, and then 10 years, 20 years down the road, they want a divorce because they realize they've been in a holding pattern for the last 10 or 20 years. They were just settling to mitigate their pain rather than really getting clear about what do I really want in my life? Like, what am I really willing to stake my future in, in in the realest ways? So, great question, and I hope that clarifies things for you. Um, I'd say, For you specifically who asked the question and for anyone who relates, start thinking about it in terms of like, how can I live the most meaningful possible life outside of relationship, right? How can I live the most meaningful possible life outside of relationship and start thinking about how can I truly be fulfilled in my life overall and let the love that I create come as a reflection of that rather than me just feeling empty inside and wanting a relationship to make up for that, right? So I would I, I would strongly encourage you to start looking there and thank you for the question. Wonderful question. Sending love. Alicia says, it's almost self-indoctrination. If you keep telling yourself you're unlovable, you will be unlovable. That, I mean, that really is. And I, I think the thing is, is like most of us don't, like nobody gets up in the morning and looks in the mirror and goes, you're unlovable, you're unlovable, you're unlovable, you're unlovable, right? So most of us, like when I talk about like feeling unworthy or feeling unlovable, most of us are not sitting around like actively reinforcing those ideas. And so you've got to understand that it's not it's not so much a conscious conversation a lot of the times, but it's more a subtle impression That started a long time ago. And like, I mean, I've often used the example as like you reach into the cookie jar to steal a cookie and your mom yells at you. And like, in that moment we might say like, well, she was being a good mother, you know, like you were trying to steal a cookie, you weren't supposed to steal a cookie, but if you're four years old and you just want a cookie and like, that's a very innocent intention, but then you get yelled at for it. It's like, you could start to internalize like, wait. I just wanted a cookie. I didn't think there was anything wrong with that, but I got in trouble. And now, now I'm wondering, is there something wrong with me? And so like a very subtle impression when you're very young, like something you wouldn't even necessarily remember. Like I remember, uh, there was a guy in one of my trainings once, and he talked about how, like, I asked him, I asked him this question. We, I was working with him in a live training in front of the group. And, and he, he shared with me, I don't remember exactly what he shared, but it was something about like, you know, I just... I feel a sense of like, I'm just not enough in my life. And I was like, I was like I want, I want to just ask you, I said, where did that start for you? And just just tell me the first idea that comes to mind. Like, don't, don't think about it too much. Just tell me the first thing that comes to mind. And he goes, well, the first thing that comes to mind is when I was eight years old, I was home alone and I was hungry and I, I wanted to cook something for myself, but I didn't know how to cook. And so I put something in the microwave and it blew up all over the microwave. And then my mom came home and saw the microwave, and she flipped out on me. And I, and I was, and he's like, and he goes, I've literally never thought about that until right now in this moment. And I was like, well, first of all, like this is how intelligent our bodies are, right? Is like when you like you hold that in your body, and then when I ask you what's the first thing that comes to mind, it's like you're immediately informed of it. It's pretty powerful. But then, um, like, if you look at that, like, seemingly an insignificant experience, but like this is an eight-year-old kid. Who's hungry, who just wants something to eat, like he's being neglected by his parents probably. And then, and then he tries to like provide something to eat for himself and he gets in trouble for it. Like that's traumatic, right? And then you think about how somebody's identity would start to develop because of that. And then it's like, so when he's eight years old, that happens and he starts to go, whoa, is there something wrong with me? I can't even cook food in the microwave. Like, what's wrong with me? And then maybe he gets bullied at school. And then maybe like the girl he likes, likes another boy. And then maybe, you know, when he's in high school, his girlfriend cheats on him or something. And then maybe like a teacher berates him in front of the class. And then before you know it, by the time he's 18 years old, he has a whole host of experiences that say like, you're a useless loser and you'll never amount to anything. And even though that was never true about him, It's how he started to understand himself. And he's not looking in the mirror every morning and go, you're unlovable, you're unworthy. That's not how it works. These are subtle impressions that are operating in the background. But then, you know, when he's 25 years old, 30 years old, 40 years old, and he's looking for love, he sits down across the table from someone on a date, and he looks into her eyes, and what he hears is like his mother yelling at him, for blowing the shit up in the microwave and he goes oh a woman like this would never want me and it's all automatic like it's not it's not something he's actively doing it's already done it's all just it's there right and so i I think it's like so important that we start to bring awareness to how this stuff works how it operates you know, because like you, you don't realize, like if you have an impression inside of you that says I'm unworthy or I'm unlovable, it comes from a long time ago in your past. Well, then every day in your life, you're looking for evidence to support that theory. Every time somebody doesn't text you back, you go, see, I knew it. I'm not, I'm not lovable. And you might not use those words, but inside of you, that's what's happening. And then every time you do that, you go, see, I'm unlovable. Then you bring more of that energy to the next interaction. And it builds and builds and builds and builds and builds. And that's how this stuff perpetuates itself throughout your life. That's why the Inspired Love Program or a format like that is such a powerful place because that's the place where we start to bring all this stuff out in the open so you can really see and clarify and understand the stories that you've been living in, the narratives, the underlying identity that has been informing all of your experiences in life. You start to understand why you have the reactions you have. You start to understand why you relate with people the way you do, why you push the way you do, why you pull away the way you do, right? Like all of it starts to make sense when you start to really understand the underlying narrative and how it all came together. And then once you see that, you also have the ability to start to actively work against it. But until you see it, you can't really work against it because it has the power. You don't have the power, right? Like as long as it is this mysterious thing in the background that is operating outside of your knowledge, you don't really have any power around it. It's only when you bring it from the background to the foreground, you can see it, make sense of it, and understand it, that you start to have power around it. And that's when your experience of life starts to change. Um, that wasn't necessarily a question, but it was something said that, um, that I thought was worth speaking into. Um, JK says, thank you. I needed to hear this because it's so true. Thanks for being with me, brother. Appreciate you. Apansula, great to see you on here. Lots of love. Always grateful to reconnect with you. Um, she says, thanks a lot. Wonderful session today. Needed to hear this. Um, let me see here. Okay. Um, question from Catherine. She says, I tend to get stuck when trying to see if I'm stepping into a connection with someone or trying to force it to happen and should let it go. What are some signs to listen for? Ooh, great question. Great question. Um, so wanting to know the difference between like just naturally stepping into it and forcing it. I, I My answer is probably like, 99% of what you're thinking about around it is forcing it because like, it's funny. I was I was talking about this with my wife yesterday because I, I've often shared that um, my wife tried to break up with me like 15 times when we were dating. And it, we were just talking about this yesterday is that um, she's like, you know, I actually wasn't trying to break up with you. I was just having insecurities that I was talking to you about. And I'm like, you know what? Like, you're right. And and when I look back on it, like, my experience of it was that she was trying to break up with me. But what she was actually doing was just saying, hey, I have some fears and I want to talk about them. Right? Now, I didn't, my anxious experience of the situation, I actually kept it together and I didn't dump it on her. If I had, I probably would have made her feel so unsafe that she would have wanted to break up. But I was, I was able to keep it together and be like, it's okay, let's talk, you know? But I'm saying this to say that like, yes, there were the conversations that was happening, right? There was, there was her fear coming up and then there was us talking about it and then her fear being resolved and then us moving forward in the relationship. And that happened several times, right? That happened, like I said, 15 times or whatever, but it, you know, that happened many times in the early stages of our relationship. All of the ruminating I did around that, like, is she losing interest? Is she going to leave? Does she not want this? Should I just end it now? Should I stop trying? Like, why am I wasting my time here? Like, you know, all the ruminating that I did around it was completely unnecessary. Like, I never had to do any of that ruminating. All I had to do was just talk to her. Yeah, I hear you. I get that. Look, if you want to stay, stay. If you want to go, go. I get it. You've got to do what's right for you. Like, I want the relationship. I'm willing to keep working on it. You know, if it's not right for you at this time, I get it. And you got to do what's right for you, right? Like, all I had to do was just show up and have that conversation. And so me showing up and having that conversation was me naturally stepping into the relationship. It was me bringing what the relationship needed, right? But all of the additional stuff was just me spinning my wheels, it didn't need to happen. It it didn't move the relationship forward. Like, I mean, to some degree, maybe I worked some stuff out for myself. Although honestly, I think I just exhausted myself more than I did anything, right? But like, it, it was all unnecessary. And so I think Catherine, like when it comes to stepping into a relationship, it's really just about stepping into it, taking those right actions at those right times. Everything else is your rumination, You're trying to control it. You're trying to make it happen a certain way. You're afraid that it's not going to work out. Like all of it, like literally all you got to do is just like, yeah, let's go out. Let's talk. Let's talk on the phone. I'll send you a text. Like those are the moments when you're stepping into the relationship is when you're literally just taking the actions and investing in the relationship. But all of your thinking and trying to figure it out and trying to anticipate and control and wondering, like that's all really unnecessary. And And look, when I talk about abundance, right, like in in a completely abundant experience of this situation, none of that would be there. You would be completely free and just at ease and just trusting, but like the truth is we don't live in a completely abundant experience. We live in the middle, we live with the contrast, right? Like just like I was talking about with my wife, like I was able to be abundant enough in that interaction with my wife that I didn't dump all my anxiety on her and push her away, right? I was able to be abundant enough in that interaction, but that doesn't mean I lived from complete abundance. I still had my thoughts, my fears, my ruminations, but I was able to own it to a certain degree that it didn't sabotage the relationship. And so I think for you, it's, it's the same thing. It's like, you're not going to You're not going to completely eradicate all your fear and all your uncertainty and all your anticipation, and that's okay, but you want to at least have it to a degree that it doesn't sabotage the relationship and ideally even have it a little more than that so you feel a sense of peace around it, right? So like, so you're not like for your own mental health and your own ease, like You just don't want to be constantly ruminating. You want to be able to say, look, this is gonna work out however it works out. I trust the outcome. I'm just gonna let it go. I'm gonna enjoy my life and take this step by step. So lots of love, Catherine. Thank you for the question. Beautiful question. Okay, let me see. I'm just gonna look through. I'm gonna take one more question. I just wanna look and see what we've got. All right, I'm gonna take this question from Iwana. She's saying, how do you work with your body then and not your mind and the defective hardwired inner discourse? Yeah, well, <laughs> you know, like so, so many of you, when I talk about these things, you ask like, well, how do I do that then? And, and I, I do my best to explain it. But really, like, if you're struggling with the how, you, you need help. Like, if, if you've been listening to the podcast and you're like, it makes sense to me intellectually, but I'm struggling to implement, well, like, you probably need some help. And I don't mean that in a bad way. We all need help. Like, like I wouldn't know the things I know if I didn't have amazing coaches and therapists and teachers that taught me these things, right? Like, I only have the life I have today because of the work I've done and the, and the coaches and teachers that I've invested in that have helped me create this life. So how do you do it? It's a little bit nebulous, but I did, um, I did a podcast episode called Letting Go And so, if you, it it was a while back now, but that was an episode where I really, I really spoke with some detail into like how to somatically let things go from your body. I I spoke on it for a whole hour. So, I'm going to say like that would probably be the best way to really get a synopsis of how you do this. It's probably more than I'll be able to go into in a short answer, but to simplify, it is really about feeling all the sensations in your body and feeling them fully. And you've got to understand like what happened when we were young was we got very scared for different reasons. And like, look, when you're little, like your parents are big and it's, I mean, again, it's like, if you have kids, you might be able to, to see like in their eyes, but it's hard for us to imagine like what it's like to be so small and everyone around us is so big and like, that's scary. And, and then to be so powerless and to have every aspect of your life be determined by your parents and to be completely dependent on them. And like, there's, like you need to please them because if they're not happy, like it's gonna be bad news for you, right? So like we naturally develop these kind of like people pleasing tendencies and like it all gets wired into our nervous systems at such a young age. And so like to work with it is to really start to feel it. And so what, what happened is when we were young, we were very vulnerable, we were very helpless, we were very dependent, and we were very afraid, most of us. And, and a lot of us, most of us probably, grew up in like environments that were not so safe or were kind of scary to begin with. So that's like the starting point. And then we feel a lot of things that are very uncomfortable. <clears throat> As we get older, we start to realize that we can not feel these things so intensely or so painfully by trying to control them mentally. And so this happens like very naturally throughout our lives. We don't even realize we're doing it, but we develop a kind of survival-based thinking where we try to rescue ourselves from the uncomfortable experiences we have in our body by thinking about them in our minds. And in doing so, we become disembodied. So by the time we reach adulthood, most of us are living completely in our minds with very little awareness of what's happening in our bodies. And so we are carrying an incredible amount of pain and tension, And like toxic, like wiring in our nervous system and like toxic reactions and like intense reactivity and like trauma. Like we're carrying all of this in our bodies, but we're not feeling anything, any of it. Like we're not, we're not present to any of it. We're mentally trying to control all of it. And so we're, we're living in our minds. We're constantly thinking, thinking, thinking about everything trying to make everything work out the way we want it to. Like this is the ego. When I talk about the ego, the ego is like this incessant thinking mind. And we're not present to what's happening in our bodies. And this is what I was talking about earlier is our bodies feel unsafe and this activates our minds and our minds feel unsafe and this adds tension to our body. And then our body fuels the anxious thoughts in our minds. And it's like this never ending feedback loop that just gets more and more intense. And so what we've, what we've gotta to do to work with it in our body is really feel into our body in a deep way. Um, this is something that is, is a lifetime practice, right? It's, it's not something that you can just do, oh, I'm gonna go feel into it and then I'll be done. Um, this is something that you need to practice specifically around times when the experience in your body is heightened right? When when your trauma gets triggered, when your anxiety gets activated, you've got to practice getting out of your mind and into your body, feeling all the sensations, experiencing a kind of decompression in your body. And then you release some of that. And then you'll find that as you release it in your body, you also tend to ease your mind as well because your body is no longer triggering your mind in that feedback loop. So, that's all I'm going to say about it right now. Um, what I just said is kind of the essence or the gist of somatic work. Um, there are lots of different methods of somatic work, <clears throat> from different types of meditation, to experiences where we literally scream it out of our bodies, to intense forms of breath work, to forms of movement, like different ways of moving your body, to you know, things like beating a pillow to things like gestalt work where we actually like literally relive and work out um, past experiences like from our past where we relive those experiences to have a different somatic experience of them. Um, <clears throat> to like tapping and ETF, there's there's so many different ways. I mean, there are so many different forms of somatic work, but it is all aimed at getting you out of your head and into your body and feeling into whatever you're carrying and then being able to release it. Um, That is what somatic work is all about. And I would say if you've been in therapy, um, if you've been in therapy or you've been working with a coach or you've been in some kind of talk method for some time and you feel that like not much is changing for you, then that is where you would want to explore more somatic work. Um, And that's, it it really, I think both are important. Both are, I'd say, essential. All right, I think with that, I'm going to close it out. Uh, I think that was good for today. Um, As always, it has been wonderful um, being able to connect with all of you. Pleasure to be here with you. Wishing you all the very best um, as you move forward on your journey. And I hope you can experience some more abundance in your life this week. I hope you can um, see that there is a little more available to you than what you've previously thought was available. I hope you can see that there is possibility where you didn't previously see possibility. And um, yeah, I I just want to say that. I, I hope that you can feel that and see that and experience that in your life and continue to feed that day by day and week by week and year by year to continue waking up to how abundant life can truly be, right? Um, you got to start where you are. you can't you can't be anywhere other than where you are right now. but you can start where you are and the choices you make today will determine if you feel a little more abundant or a little less abundant. And the choices you make tomorrow will build on the choices you made today and so on and so on and so on. And if you if you make that commitment to choose to experience your own abundance, if you choose to get the help you need in doing that, Uh, It is my promise that you can experience everything you want to experience in life. So, so much love to all of you. I I wish that for every single one of you. And um, I will see you back here next Tuesday. All right. Lots of love, everybody. Take care. Bye. Thanks again for checking out the show. Please subscribe on whatever platform you listen to podcasts on the most. And I would love it so much if you leave a review and tell people what you think of us. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram at The Living Relationship to connect more closely. And I'm grateful to be supporting you on your journey to love.